This is Agency Side, telling the stories of starting, growing, and selling digital agencies. Sponsored by Natrilla.com, the CRM system for SEOs and digital marketers. Now, here's your host, Rob Carey. I'm joined today by Ben Austin, the founder and CEO of Absolute Digital Media, a UK-based agency with offices in London and Essex. Ben, welcome to Agency Side. Thank you very much. You founded Absolute almost 13 years ago, but I believe that you worked in banking before that. Can you tell us a little bit about your background and how you came to start in digital marketing and to start a digital agency? Yeah, um, I think like a lot of people, I just fell into it. Never, ever did I think I'd be in sort of SEO or (laughs) digital marketing at all. And I think it all stemmed from sort of when I was at school, if I'm honest. I always wanted to be in the army, always. So I never really tried at school (laughs) too much. But my my brother was already in Navy. My parents didn't want me to go down that route. So they pushed me up to London into sort of the finance sector. And I've got my first job two weeks before I was 16, actually, in NatWest head office just as a you know runner and a uh, an admin person and then from there I just went on through the sort of banking system in that west of other establishments in London until I became a mortgage broker and I was doing that self-employed and I needed to draw up more leads find more leads so I went to a digital agency to create a website for me and to do the digital marketing unfortunately after about six, seven months, they didn't get me anywhere. So I took the initiative to go out, research, read about SEO and how to get my site ranking. I eventually got onto first page of Google in the top half for a lot of generic keywords to do with mortgages and loans. And in 2000, late 2007, early 2008, when the financial crash happened, mortgages were getting harder and harder to write because <laughs> people's credit wasn't as good. The banks tightened up on their criteria for lending, but also regulation as well. So I turned it into an affiliate site and started selling the leads because I couldn't lend so easily. And that was running for a few months. Now I was approached by a major price comparison site to purchase the site off me. So after a bit of negotiation, they talked me into to selling that to them. And from there, I was a bit lost. I was like, what do I do now? (laughs) And at the time, I was also helping some friends with their SEO. And I thought to myself, well, why not set an agency up? But it wasn't even going to be an agency. I was just going to freelance. Why don't I start getting into this and get paid for doing it rather than just helping people? So that's where it sort of came from, really, and the transition. And for people listening that don't know, Essex is kind of the the hub of uh, the finance industry in the UK, where basically all the people that work in the city kind of live in Essex. And uh, it's a very traditional thing for someone from Essex to then go into the finance sector. So you already had success very early on in your career uh, with selling this business to comparison website. So you probably weren't looking to go in-house or work agency side for someone else. But why did you choose to go for the, the digital marketing route rather than just start another finance website? I think that it was just a natural progression. I think, you know, SEO had changed since I started doing it as well. And so I think it's just a natural progression that the site had gone. Um, I was sitting about and I was thinking, well, what else can I do? I didn't want to do sort of affiliate lead selling for it. And I I really didn't want to stick within the, the finance industry because of the restrictions. And as I say, I was just helping some people out and, and, 
they were saying to me, why don't you do this for others? So I thought, do you know what? I'll try it. And what I started doing, I didn't even have a registered company or a website when I started. And I just started calling some companies to see if they'd be interested in SEO, just going through the Google listings and giving them a call. And <laughs> funny stories, I got a few checks through. I just made a name up for a company, didn't register it. As I say, had no website, had nothing. And I was just calling, calling them, going through sort of second page, third page, fourth page of Google for certain keywords. And within sort of 10 days, I had about four or five checks through the post. And I actually sent them all back because I just thought this is a bit easy. When I was in finance, it was very hard. There was a lot of obstacles to to come over in terms of regulation and know your customer and making sure you're sticking to, to all the right rules. And then all of a sudden, I was just literally onboarding clients or, or getting people sending me checks to be onboarded for SEO. And, uh, you know, I was a bit panicky about it. So I sent the checks back. And I think uh, a week after that, I was having a chat with my dad and he was saying, how's it going? And I said, well, actually, I've sent them all back. So I'm a bit worried. And he went, no, go for it. Just look into it. Go for it. So I actually called all them customers back and, and got them to resend the checks again. <laughs> um, and I was like, do you know what? Let's go for it. Let's not be worried. Let's go out there and, and do it. So um, I gave them all a call and I said, yep, let's let's go forward. And it just went from there. After that, I think, yeah, about six or seven months, I didn't have a website either. Just onboarding clients from sort of cold calling them, really. And it's just gone from there. But no way did I think it would be more than a one-man band at the time. <laughs> I think you're the first agency founder that I've spoken to who got paid before they even had a company or a website name around them. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was the worry. I was thinking, well... <laughs> Um, but no, it's worked out really well. So you had this money from selling your finance uh, website from before to the comparison engine, and you had these first few checks through. But when it came to hiring your first few members of staff, did you take investment for that or use your existing funds? Or did you save up the revenue from uh, the clients that you was already working on? Yeah, so I worked on my own for the agency for about a year. So I just built up revenue from onboarding clients and working with them. And I think I probably had about 12 to 15 clients on board on retainer basis before I brought anyone on. I think I tried to do everything myself for as long as I could. I wanted to learn everything, learn the workings of an agency. I was in forums a lot, so I was, I was reading a lot back then about you know how different parts of digital marketing works, but also managing the books, the invoicing, all of that. But then, yeah, I just took people on. I had a, enough uh, retainer business coming in to make me feel settled. And like you say, where I sold the finance website in the past, I had some money behind me as well in case I needed it. But I never actually utilized any of it for, for the agency. It was just existing clients. So is there one thing that you would say that Absolute is a specialist in, perhaps a specific industry that you work in or a skill set where people really recommend you for it? Yeah, um, I mean, definitely our SEO services is where we excel. And I would say most of our uh, retainer business is in that side of the business. And I think the thing that really shows for Absolute is when we're pitching the feedback that we get from potential clients. And, uh, you know, one of the reasons they, they choose us over other agencies is we are real full service marketing where, um, and I think the bit of that that sticks out more than anything is we implement technical recommendations. So when we do the technical audits, we implement that as well, um, rather than just 
recommend to a client. A lot of clients do have in-house teams or they have separate development agencies. But what they notice and what we notice, the reason why we've chosen to go down this route is because it takes time. (laughs) And a lot of the times the in-house devs are working on other parts of the website or adding products or services to the site or the maintenance and they don't get the time to get around to what we really want them to implement or what agencies want them to implement to help the SEO. So we take that burden off them. In terms of industry, which was part of your question, I'd definitely say the finance industry is one that we're well known for. We get a lot of inquiries on that side of things, probably because of my background um, being in finance myself. So I do have good knowledge of it. But as you can see from awards that we've been nominated for and won, a lot of them are in the financial industry sector as well. So we do get a lot of companies in that sector come to us. And I noticed from your website as well that you offer website design services. So what is the revenue split between the design and the development work that you do versus the marketing such as SEO? The revenue split for design development is very, very low. We bought in web design development a number of years ago, probably about seven, eight years ago, in order to generate uh, more leads for our marketing services. So it wasn't that we wanted to move into design and development. It was more, let's add another string to our bow to attract people to our agency to then cross-sell our marketing services to them once the site is done. But the reason why this question is so interesting is over the last few months, we've taken a decision to not offer web design and development anymore moving forwards. We're going through a a refresh of our website, uh, a bit of a rebrand actually, which we're hoping to launch in a couple of months. And we're not going to have design development on our website at all, just because we want to stick to and focus on what we're really good at, which is the marketing side. Yeah, that's quite interesting because website design is a large part of your website at the moment i guess because it's a lot easier to do case studies on web design projects than it is an seo project where maybe it's harder to tell uh, what the roi was for a client or maybe that client doesn't want other people to know that they were using you or that they were doing seo themselves so i guess you kind of like lose that from your website if you stop offering those web design services yeah so uh, the new site's going to showcase a lot more in terms of case studies of our marketing efforts, so our SEO, our PPC, digital PR services as well, which we set up in October. So we started offering digital PR back then. So that's working really well. So that's going to be a big part of our website moving forwards. And how big is your team right now? And do you have a separate team for paid media as well as SEO? Yes, so we've got 34 people within the agency at the moment, all full-time employed. And the split, I would say, is, well, we've got six people on paid media And the rest is pretty much digital PR, SEO, and then some support staff as well to keep the business ticking over, (laughs) keep everyone getting paid and (laughs) all the back end stuff. And the paid media accounts that you do manage, are they usually clients that already use you for SEO and then you cross sell the paid media to them or do people come directly to you for that paid media service? It's a mix of both, to be honest. So people, we do get people come to us directly for paid media, but also when we're working with clients on SEO, they're obviously asking about other things that we offer or asking our advice, what's next. So yeah, obviously we, we speak to them about the other services, which is the PPC side of things, and now the digital PR side of things as well. 
And you mentioned before that when you started the company, you were doing a lot of outreach to try and find those first customers, which is kind of unusual for especially the SEO agencies where the founders tend to be quite geeky and don't like to really talk to people on the phone. So I think most of them try to just get a name for themselves in the industry by blogging and speaking at conferences and having those uh, inbound leads from there. So does Absolute have a sales team and how do you manage those sales? The sales team is me. Um, so we've never really had a sales team. As I say, to start off with, um, it was myself going out and finding the, the leads. A lot of the business that we get now is actually recommendation. So existing client recommendations, utilizing networks as well of clients. But we do get a fair few of uh, leads coming through to the website as well. So through our organic rankings, we show up pretty well. So we do get some through that way. And is there a reason why clients choose Absolute over a large London-based agency? Is it because maybe they create a short list of agencies based on Googling for those uh, certain keywords and building up a list of people to contact? Or do you think that they know you because of a certain expertise? Again, I think it's a mix. I think, uh, you know, we do speak to people that come to us and they say they're speaking to other agencies and they've got a list of agencies that they're reaching out to. But like I said earlier, I think a, a good thing for us where we win a lot of the pitches that we go to is that we are true full service in terms of the marketing side of things. So we can implement for a lot of customers where a lot of the agencies that we come up against just recommend. Um, so we're actually showing a lot more value for what they're getting for their money and helping them work through the SEO a lot quicker to get results where we're actually implementing ourselves rather than just recommend it. So I think that's a big help. How hands-on were you with client work when Absolute started and what does your week look like 13 years later? I know that you're still doing the pitching for clients and handling sales but do you do the bookkeeping or deal with HR if you manage to outsource most of that extra work? So in terms of when I first started as I say it was everything I was involved in absolutely everything and even now I'm still involved in quite a lot so like you say the pitching the strategy meetings etc speaking to clients on a regular basis I will pick up the phone regularly to, to various clients spot check make sure they're happy make sure they're aware of the strategy if there's anything else we can do for them in terms of sort of HR side of things and the finances we have two in-house uh, people that work in finance and HR department so that's a bit I'm glad to have got rid of about nine years ago <laughs> so it's not something that I have a great understanding or passion for so it was let's let's get that taken care of uh, but we did decide to go and hire people in-house rather than sort of outsourcing it. And how many hours a week do you think you work now versus when you first started Absolute, including all those times that you look at your work email over weekends? And do you think it's negatively affected your personal life at all? I definitely, definitely work a lot more hours now than I did, funnily enough. But in terms of negatively affecting me, not at all. The reason why I work a lot more hours now is I'm enjoying it. I do have a passion for the agency. I enjoy what the agency stands for, what we do. My wife uh, sort of runs the agency with me. So our life is pretty much consumed by absolute and everything about absolute. So, you know, it is enjoyable. We work a lot more, but we work on it together. And we're always pushing to what is next. And, you know, fun, funnily enough, sad enough as it might sound, sometimes at weekends, we're like, is it Monday yet? <laughs> Let's get back into it because we're just thriving and really enjoying it at the moment. 
That sounds fantastic. I mean, if you look at some of your friends in the finance industry, but maybe sort of other mortgage brokers or people that you knew back at NatWest Bank, do you think that you have a easier and more enjoyable life, like sort of work life than they do right now? Do you have any regrets about moving out of the finance sector? No regrets at all. It's, you know, it's something that I fell into the finance. I sort of, it wasn't something I wanted to do uh, from from any age. I, I just fell into it as I did SEO and digital marketing. But I really, really am passionate and really enjoy this. So in terms of my career, my happiness against sort of people that I worked with in the past and other people that I know, my friends and family, I'd definitely say I've got the, the better deal here. <laughs> just because I am passionate about it, I do enjoy it and I can see things moving forward. So we've got a lot of ambition for Absolute. And, you know, over the next coming years, that's something we really want to push. And, you know, the good thing I like about having an independent agency is I've got full control. Sometimes puts a bit of pressure on at certain times, but it is a challenge and I like a challenge. And if you had a a son or daughter and they told you that they wanted to start their own digital agency, perhaps instead of going to university, would you be happy about that or would you try to stop them? No, I'd be happy. I'd be happy. I'd be a bit secretive. I don't know if I'd tell them all my secrets. (laughs) (laughs) I'd be worried about competition from them. (laughs) No, I I, I would encourage them. As I say, I I really like it. So if it was the right fit for them and it's something they wanted to do and they were passionate about or or showed an interest, I'd definitely direct them down this road. I think it's a growing industry and I I think it's going to be around for a long time. Uh, And you do get a feel-good factor out of it a lot of times as well. Something that is a big topic at the moment in our industry because of COVID-19 is office space and should you work remotely or is it better to work in an office as an agency? How important has your office space been to your company and to the company culture? And would you commit to a three, five or even 10 year lease on an office again if you started out? No, I wouldn't, is the short answer. (laughs) Um, And I'll tell you why. So we have decided from COVID. So we've always been in an office, always had an office. I've always been, I've, I've always found it hard to let go. So I'm always in and amongst everything. So I always thought we'll always have an office where everybody's together and I can, you know, go in the meeting room, get involved in strategies, call across the office, go and sit with someone. People are welcome to come over to me. Um, So I always thought we'd be in office. But since March and the COVID lockdown, obviously we haven't been into the office once since. It's just laid dormant. And in August, we put a vote out to all the staff in the agency whether they want to go back. So do they want to? after lockdown go back and work in the office do they want to stay at home and work or do they want a hybrid model where it's a bit flexible a day or two in the office a week and you know working from home a few days a week everybody said for different reasons working from home suited them better so based on that we've actually let our office go and we're in the process of signing the lease over to another company right now which should finalize in the next month or so so as of well as of now as of sort of march we are a fully remote agency uh, and will remain so as well moving forwards which you know i'm proud of and for the agency it's opened up so many more doors so we've had a fantastic year actually and onboarding new clients and growing the business we've grown over 52 percent since march before lockdown and that's you know obviously meant that we've had to hire 
in the past, because we're so close to London, we've always found it very, very hard to hire for the agency because people in Essex, it's half an hour to get to London. They want that London lifestyle before lockdown happened. So we always found it very, very hard to hire the right people. Now being remote, we've hired, I think, 11 people from around the country. Um, so it just opens our talent pool right up rather than sort of trying to drag someone out of London or, you know, finding someone in Essex that doesn't want to work in London. We've got millions of people to to choose from now. It's surprising how many agencies are now going remote first. Do you think that an agency's location is still important these days to clients that you speak to? Or do you think that they just hire an agency from anywhere in the UK or anywhere in the world these days, just based on their specific needs and the talent that they're after? Yeah, I think in the past, not not even recently, but going back a, a while ago, something because I do uh, a lot of the pitching and absolute something that I used to come up against a lot was where are you located? And they, you know, people were interested in working with a localized business where they can go in. But I think where everything is so much more digital now, and you've got you know Zoom calls, video calls, you've got you know your Teams chats and your your Teams videos, and so many more. I don't think it's important and I'm certainly not coming up against that at all. And again, that's not just since sort of COVID hit. That's been for a little while. I think people now are more educated to SEO as well. So they know more about what they're looking for rather than I'm not sure what digital marketing is, what paid media is, what SEO is, what what social is. Um, So I want to go in and, you know, speak to them and see the white to their eyes. They know more about what they're looking for when looking for an agency. So I think that's their first priority more than location. Are most of your current clients located in Essex or are they nationwide or do you have international clients as well? No, actually, we've got very few clients in Essex. We we do have clients in Essex, but they are nationwide. And we do have some international clients as well. But I would say 90% of our, our clients are throughout the whole UK. Um, so it's not something that we specialize in localized. Do you see a time when everyone apart from the largest websites just builds their site on Wix, Squarespace and Webflow and allows Google to manage their ad spend for them and relies on SEO plugins to manage their SEO? Do you see a point where digital agencies will ever go extinct? I hope not. <laughs> um, no, on a serious note, no, I don't. The reason being is if everybody's doing, you know, the same type of web platforms through, like you say, Wix and Squarespace, allow Google to manage their ad spend and, let's say, plugins to, to CMS, optimizing the on-page, then, you know, all of them different points are going to work on the same factors. And therefore, how is one company going to differentiate from the other? Um, if everybody's using the same SEO plugins, if everyone's using the same, you know, website platforms, if Google is, you know, managing everybody's ad spend along a certain guideline, um, there's no room for innovation there in terms of marketing and everybody's got the same approach. And I, I think what's special about agencies is different agencies and different SEOs and different PPC managers all have their own way of working. And I think that's what what keeps the competitiveness of the industry up so uh, and you know everybody wants the upper hand so i definitely think there's there's room there for agencies on an ongoing basis do you have a three or five year plan for absolute and what does that look like yeah so my three to five year plan is i would love to be the number one independent full service agency in the uk that's mine and my wife's plan you know and and that one of the reasons why i'm starting to do podcasts and webinars now it's my first ever podcast and my first webinar last week so it's just getting my name out there as well as pushing the agency and we're pushing 
our staff out there as well, those who want to talk, we're putting them out in the industry. That's our goal in the next three to five years is to be recognised as the number one full service independent agency. I think that most agency founders end up either selling their companies for shares in larger agencies such as WPP or OMD, which often are quite hard to cash out, or they run that agency for decades and have to keep reinvesting to the company to manage expansion and economic downturns. How easy is it to become a millionaire in terms of cash in the bank as an agency founder, do you think? <laughs> it depends how you run your agency. I mean, we have a strong belief on retention for our clients. So if your retention's good and you keep onboarding clients, then I don't think it's it's too much of a trouble to to achieve that goal. It, it's just making sure that, you know, running the agency right, getting the results for clients, being completely open and transparent to clients as well is the right way. And that's how you're going to keep your clients with you. And I think that is the big key to being successful within an agency. It's not about churning and burning. It's about bringing clients on and doing the right things and being transparent, but also setting the scene right at the beginning rather than over-promising. Have you received many acquisition offers for your company in the past? And why did you turn them down? I have. I've received, I think, a total of three acquisition offers of people that are interested. I've turned every single one down. And the reason being, I've still got the passion. And my wife always says to me, uh, it's an ongoing saying, if we sold, what would we do Monday? I've already been in that boat where I have sold something. And I was sort of, what do I do Monday? But I did have you know, the SEO side of things that I was sort of doing and dabbling in before I set the agency up. So I, I sort of had a direction. Right now, I'm, I'm really enjoying it. We've got no interest in fully selling or anyone investing into the business. We like the freedom that it's our business and we can take it the course that we want to. And I definitely think that's something we want to do on an ongoing basis. But longer term, do you have a exit strategy as the owner of Absolute or a succession plan in place? <laughs> I'm not thinking that far ahead. <laughs> um, no, I haven't got a succession plan in place or any thoughts of exit strategy. Uh, I think at the moment, like I say, we're just, we're just enjoying it. We just want to ride the wave while we can. I'm 39 now, 40 in June. I think I've got at least another 10, 15 years in me in, in enjoying this. And I know if I ever did think about selling it, my wife would kill me because <laughs> she loves it. <laughs> if you could give a new agency founder one piece of advice, what would it be? The one word would be resilience. Tenacity, resilience. It is, you know, if you've got the passion for it, it's the best thing ever. But you do have to take the rough with the smooth. There are hard times all the way with, with every business. But if you can get through them, be resilient, go back to why did you get into it and think about the good things that the agencies bought you in terms of memories, fun, the feel good factor when you're getting results for clients, um, the fact that you are building something yourself. That's what's got me through. So I'd say the biggest thing is be resilient. If it's something you really want to do, just keep cracking on with it and it will work. Ben, thank you so much for joining me today on Agency Side. No problem. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you for listening to Agency Side, sponsored by Netfiller.com. Visit agencyside.fm to subscribe, read the show notes, and listen to previous recordings. Tune in again soon for our next episode.